This podcast has afforded me the incredible opportunity to pick the brains and bend the ears of some of the Low Country's most interesting people. Sure, this podcast has a business slant. After all, Low Country Local First is a local economic development nonprofit. And yes, I'm always looking for new and exciting ways to hopefully better illuminate our region's complex, interconnected, independent business ecosystem. And I lean on interviews to help make that happen. But it's important to remember that each interview is special. Each local business leader I speak with has a unique story to tell. Sometimes these stories are about the peaks and valleys of entrepreneurship or the ebb and flow of economic machinery. But sometimes these stories, with local business leaders like the College of Charleston, Seton Brown, lead us to other stories. Stories about why we fall in love with a city and stay there. Or what, from one storyteller's perspective, makes a smoky pool hall the best late night destination in a town of 300 other late night destinations. Today, my conversation with Seton touches on what it means to run admissions for one of the nation's top business schools, the 10-month College of Charleston MBA program, which boasts a 100% job placement rate, is in Seton's words, just the cherry on top of the opportunity to live and learn in the beautiful, ever-changing, and endlessly intriguing city that is Charleston, South Carolina. This is Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve, and I'm your host, Steve Fletcher, Development Manager at Low Country Local First. Here's today's interview with Seton Brown of the College of Charleston's MBA program, an important supporter of last year's Good Business Summit, and by extension, our local independent business community at large. Without further ado, I'd love to give you the floor, and would you mind just introducing yourself, Seton, and letting all the listeners know who you are, what you do, and um, you know why you're here today? Sure, Steve. Uh, again, thank you so much for the invitation to to visit with you. Uh, you, know, you mentioned it virtually. I feel like most everything that we've done for the past 365 days has been virtual. Uh, I know that. Uh, my life over at College of Charleston has, has certainly been that way with prospective students, current students, faculty, staff, all my colleagues. So uh, it's it's nice to see you, albeit virtually. But uh, as a quick introduction, uh, I am a graduate of College of Charleston, uh, started working for the university right after I graduated in 2009 in the admissions office, uh, recruited for my alma mater for about seven to eight years, uh, moved into uh, the foundation um, for two years, and then moved back over into my um, my home in the School of Business, and uh, continue to serve as the director of admissions for the Master of Business Administration program. Uh, our MBA is a, a one year fast track uh, in person program um, that uh, that has been around for about twelve years now. We're actually recruiting our twelfth cohort uh, as we speak. So. Uh, looking forward to having about 52 students in the program this fall. That's fantastic. Um, I, and I, I love that, you know, so often you have folks moving around um, from one city or one metro center to another, or one part of the country to another region of the country, particularly in this century. I think we've seen like an increasing 
uh, incident of that phenomenon. I mean, folks from folks from our generation um, and 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 younger kind of realizing, and I'm sure the pandemic has 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 only increased this the the preponderance of this phenomenon. But realizing, like, hey, I don't need to be working here. I can work almost anywhere, or I can go get my education anywhere, or I don't need to, you know jump into the family business. Why don't I kind of like go out and figure out what I want to do? Um, and it may be somewhere else in the country and I may be able to tap in virtually and, and work alongside people virtually, or I may be able to just kind of like, you know, pick up and settle somewhere else. And so I, but I, I, I think there's, I have a keen appreciation for folk. I totally respect and, 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 and love that and, and, and can kind of, um, understand that desire but i really also have a keen appreciation for folks who like yourself kind of end up at a at a at an organization and 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 kind of are there as an audience member or an attendee or a student or a customer and then realize oh you know what i want to be a part of this on kind of the other side of the curtain i want to i want to maybe like be pulling some of the mechanisms of this organization and seeing how i can be a part of it because I'm, I'm impressed with it or, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I'd imagine as a student at CFC, you realize, Hey, this is a pretty cool institution. I would like to stick around for a while. So what kind of made you, what kind of turned you from, from student to administrator at college of Charleston? Sure. Well, you know, I graduated in 2009 when uh, there were no jobs. You know, we were in the middle of uh, the great recession and uh, they were few and far between. Uh, the director of admissions at the time went out on a limb and said, we'd like to start this new program uh, called the Admissions Roadrunner. So they would hire a recent alum, uh, give them a, a certain territory and give them a bag of materials and say, go travel, uh, recruit for your alma mater. And uh, I had a ton of fun with it because in the end, let's be honest, admissions is all sales. Um, however, I think that selling in higher education is very different than uh, selling a product. Uh, the product is the degree, right? Um, what you uh, earn in, in a university setting is that that famed Bachelor of Arts or Bachelor of Science or Artium Baccalaureate, so whatever it may be. Uh, but that's not what I sell, or at least what I try and sell. For me, it's all about the experience. So, you know, you can go to College of Charleston or University of Georgia or uh, American University in D.C. Uh, you're still going to be going to the dining hall. You're still going to be sleeping in the same residence halls, going into classrooms, being lectured to, taking exams and earning that degree. Yet the experience that you find at College of Charleston is vastly different than that of University of Georgia or American University. And it's, it's the same in my academic background and um, professional background before going into higher education. I was all in hospitality. So my degree is in hospitality and tourism management. Of course, what better place to study that than uh, here in Charleston? Um, and, and my other professional uh, background is in five diamond, uh, five star resorts in my hometown. Um, so for me, it's the same as selling a hotel. You know, you're still going to sleep in the bed, turn on the TV, uh, you know, go down to the the hotel restaurant. Um, but the experience that you get as the, at the Motel Eight is very different from the JW Marriott. And so I, I see the same in hospitality. Um, also, College of Charleston is an incredible product to sell. 
um, is one that enhanced my life. Uh, and it, it makes me even more excited to have and uh, share that experience with others and have them come and have the same sort of experience. I'm curious, how does the College of Charleston Master of Business Administration program go about communicating to prospective students, hey, this is the MBA program that you want to join. Like, this is it. Um, you know, and I'm curious also, how do you do that, A, in a normal year? And then how do you do, how have you adapted and changed the method by which you, you make that argument in a pandemic year? Sure. Well, uh, for us, we're a unique experience uh, because we are such a, a smaller cohort program. Uh, students are coming in from across the country and uh, settling with us for the 10-month program uh, in a very accelerated team-based environment. Uh, in a regular year, we're able to share with them the, the sort of relationship that they will be building in the cohort with their colleagues because they're sitting right next to them. Uh, they're networking with their mentors in uh, receptions that we're hosting in our atrium. Um, they're getting to stop by uh, the offices of my colleagues, our program director, and also our director of MBA employer relations, uh, who handles all of our placement. So the relationship is really one of the, the uh, big things that, that we sell uh, in being a, a small program in a smaller school in a reasonably small town. Uh, it's a really important product to highlight. Uh, in a pandemic year, when many of those interactions have gone into a virtual environment, uh, Personally, I, I was concerned that many of our students would, would not enroll this year because they wanted that high touch experience that we offer. Um, but I, I'm impressed with the students who did enroll this year. We actually had our highest uh, enrollment uh, in the past five years uh, with 50 graduate students or MBA candidates. Uh, and I, I think that they're using Zoom in a very different way and using the remote experience in a very different way. Um, and, and connecting with others in, honestly, a technology that is not going anywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. Who knows if there's an op or there will be a time we'll, where we will need to pivot again and move to a completely technology-based uh, environment. Um, how we are communicating that now is that we're, we're still high touch. We're still maintaining that relationship and ensuring um, the bond uh, that that student has with our program and also with our mentors. I mean, there, there are a few aspects of our program that uh, we really liked on Zoom. We're, we're able to bring in that uh, chief executive officer who's living in Denver. Rather than flying him in, we're now mm -hmm. able to host him uh, completely on Zoom. Uh, so it's honestly giving our students uh, a greater exposure uh, to folks that they may not have had previously. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to the, this feeling that a lot of the technological pivots that we've all been talking about and we've all been making as business owners and institutions will very likely be around for a long time to come. It was almost like a one-year mandatory pressure test and, and what did work will stick around and maybe what didn't work in the, in the virtual environment won't. Um, how many students of yours, Seton, are based in Charleston? So how many are, how many are from Charleston? 
how many are how many are already based here when they apply and they and they hear that they get in um, how many are from out of state and is there a different way you structure your marketing to students who are out of state than to those who are already in state Sure. Uh, so, you know, our, our program uh, is still not as well known as as it could be. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities for us to uh, put our name out there and, and preach the good word of, of College of Charleston and the program and, and the city of Charleston as well. Uh, you know, when we're interviewing our prospective students, uh, we ask them, you know, what, what is it about uh, our program that is attractive to you? And I can almost guarantee that 80% of those answers are the city of Charleston. So sure. for us to uh, for us to continue to bring a diverse cohort to campus, we, we have to communicate with them in, in different ways, like you mentioned. Um, for uh, those who are based locally, uh, of the 50 students we have in the program this year, uh, 13 of them are College of Charleston alumni. Uh, some of them are what we call fifth-year students, so ones who go through the undergraduate program and go immediately into a graduate program. I'd say about half of those uh, are fifth years, and the remainders are, are ones who either continue to live in Charleston or those who moved away and are looking to come back and start uh, a new career here uh, and also start their family here as well. Now, how we communicate with those students who are already familiar with us uh, is fairly simple. You know, in just reaching out and, and sharing uh, that there is a program and that they can benefit from it in, in whatever their uh, whatever they see as a, as, a, as a successful career. Excuse me. Um, now, with those who are outside of the area, uh, we focus almost solely on our students in the environment of the city of Charleston. Uh, when you go up to the airport these days and you're walking into the uh, B terminal, you will see a, a huge uh, advertisement that, that we have posted. And you don't necessarily see our students, but you see the city of Charleston. And mm -hmm. our programs and the businesses that are here are uh, incredibly attractive to folks from around the nation. We have such a high quality of life here that in the end, I don't need to sell the MBA program. The MBA program is, is strong. It has 100%, or excuse me, 100% placement rate within three months of graduation. Oh, wow. um, uh, it, it, it has students going into all different sectors. Um, if I can sell them on Charleston, then the MBA is is just uh, a cherry on top. Sure, sure. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, as you as you were describing that ad placement at the Charleston International Airport, I got to thinking about all of the beautiful, kind of inspiring visual ads I've seen for your program throughout Charleston. I think it was a couple of years ago. I was at um, I was at the basketball arena at CFC, mm -hmm. and there was a big push for. I think it was the business administration program. It could have been another master's program at CFC. I myself graduated uh, in the uh, from the MPA program. So half the time I, I tell people that I graduated the MPA program, they they say, "Oh, good for you! Yeah, business administration—that's a great choice." And I and I and I <laughs> and I have to 
I have to clarify that I said MPA, P as in Paul, and they and they uh, they're they're slightly less congratulatory and kind of just sheepishly walk away. No, but I I, I was very happy with my uh, with my choice. Uh, for those of you out there who don't know what the MPA program is, it's public administration, and I couldn't have gone to a better institution. It's a very small program at CFC, but was super impressed with the faculty and the experience. Um, and we certainly and I know appreciate I, uh, the tuition dollars as well. Um, but <laughs> you know, when it, when it comes to MPA and MBA, when I shared that I'm the director of MBA admissions, is that the NBA? No, not not basketball. <laughs> it's that's it's not recruiting for the NBA. Right. It's recruiting right. for education. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> right. They're wondering why you're not like spinning a basketball on your finger when they when they walk in your office. I'm sure. Uh, that's yeah, funny. No, the- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd hope they, yeah. If only our, if only the acronyms of, of our respective programs could have been a little bit more different from other really well-known programs, we would have far fewer problems. Um, it would certainly funny. have been I- helpful for sure. <laughs> um, as you were talking, I was curious. So we, we've chatted a little bit about the folks who join your program and how you connect with them meaningfully. Um, I'm wondering, since you you have 100% placement, it got me thinking, what happens with students of the CFC MBA program after they graduate? Are they sticking around in Charleston? Are they moving elsewhere? What types of careers do you often see them uh, either starting or thinking about after they graduate? Sure. Uh, yeah, our, our philosophy is as much as we want to maintain our 100% placement rate uh, within three months of graduation, we're not looking to just get them that job. Uh, we want them to be able to find a position where they will be able to grow and build their career and have it be a successful one. Uh, and you know, we, we don't care if it's in Charleston or anywhere else. Uh, as long as they're happy and are, are committed to the industry that they go into, then then we are certainly uh, excited for them. Uh, however, about half of the students who enroll in our program do end up staying in the Charleston area, or at least in the in the Low Country, uh, into some pretty great jobs with some of our our larger organizations like Mercedes Benz Vans or Boeing or Google uh, Belmond. Uh, yeah, some some more recognizable names, but also in in particular in our finance uh, uh, emphasis area, we see a lot of students going into uh, the the smaller financial houses that are uh, working with uh, millions or, or billions of dollars uh, in a portfolio. So they're they're getting you know, a, a small business feeling, and they're getting much more exposure. Uh, to uh, to the work that they may not necessarily have at a um, at a Price Waterhouse Coopers or at a McKinley. Sure. Um, now, the when they do leave Charleston, they they stick to the southeast for the most part. Um, they're in the larger metros of Atlanta, Charlotte, New Orleans, Jacksonville, DC. Uh, but we do have students uh, move nationally and internationally as well. It's so interesting to me. We we do an annual survey at Low Country Local First Seton every every year. We ask our existing members from our uh, membership pool of about four hundred fifty plus local independent businesses. Um, we ask the business owners 
what do you, you know, what are your, what are your biggest trials, tribulations, triumphs of the preceding year? What do you need the most help with, the most assistance with, the most guidance with? What are some of the obstacles and opportunities you foresee in the next 12 months? And time and again, over the last few years, and particularly this year, um, you know, even though you hear about businesses shuttering and, and cutting and cutting jobs and positions, this year we've actually we've we've overwhelmingly heard, among other things, we've heard that businesses are really looking for uh, qualified employees to take on particular roles, and that and they just can't. In some cases, this is not across the board, but in some cases, they just can't seem to, for whatever reason, identify those job, those career candidates. Um, so it's, it's really, it's kind of exciting for me to hear that, you know, you've got every, every year on any given year up to 50, it sounds like 50 was your biggest class this past year, but so 50, maybe even more folks, many of whom, right, 20, 25 or more of whom are looking to stay in Charleston, um, and would presumably be a good match for at least a handful of these, you know, thousands of local independent businesses here in the low country. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that that's one thing that our uh, dean for the School of Business, Alan Shaw, has done very well in the past 12 years that he's served as dean with us, is that he he's worked with different uh, organizations in the area to see what the need is in the uh, in, in our local businesses. Um, mm. And the, the undergraduate curriculum has adapted towards that. And it's the same thing with the MBA program. So we we offer uh, currently three different focus areas, uh, finance, marketing, and hospitality and revenue management. Uh, well, the HRM, Hospitality Revenue Management Program, uh, was seeing some fairly low numbers, although they were getting some great salaries right outside of graduation. Um, mm. And we found that it was almost too specific. Uh, revenue management is an incredible industry to get into, um, but the industry needs something that is uh, a little bit more diverse and has a broader understanding of the industry as a whole. So this year we're introducing hospitality and tourism development, um, cool. which will focus, uh, it will still have the revenue management component, but also we'll be looking at forecasting and uh, revenue optimization and asset management. Uh, which if you look at a lot of our uh, different uh, hospitality organizations, uh, they're, they're looking for that real estate component now as well, right. Uh, right. whether they stay here in Charleston uh, or they decide to expand out from the low country. I mean, Indigo Road is a, a great example of that as they continue yep. to expand um, in Atlanta and Charlotte and, and Nashville as well. And uh, we're hoping, fingers crossed for me, Steve, uh, this fall, uh, we will be able to introduce our business analytics program as well. Uh, oh, cool. We've gone through all of the uh, approvals here on campus. We're waiting for our final one with the state. Uh, and business analytics is, is not the computer science, the data side of everything. The data is presented to you, and then you're making responsible business decisions based off of that data. Uh, so we're really excited to be uh, introducing that program in the fall and all because of uh, what we heard from our local business owners. I love that. Wow. I'll be looking out for that program. Yeah. Fingers, fingers double crossed for y'all and everything's crossed. My legs are crossed. Cause that sounds like a really, really cool opportunity for folks who are looking to get more into the business analytics side of things. 
Um, and particularly those folks who are, are, are either already in the low country or coming here and wanting to then, you know, find a natural segue to our, you know, our, our hospitality industry. I, I think there are tons of opportunities here. It goes without saying these days that there are tons of opportunities in hospitality and food and bev in Charleston. We are, it is, it is well known now, you know, across the globe that we are a you know, gastro destination internationally, <laughs> um, which is cool uh, to know because that's, you know, I know that's one reason I, I love it here. Um, I would, I, yeah, I, I'm curious how many, so you've got, you've got folks coming here for one reason or another. They've got ample opportunities to kind of follow whatever path is of interest to them. Maybe they're here, maybe they're not here. What about folks who are, who are based here and are already working um, they're employed either with a local independent business or with a larger uh, entity. I, like you mentioned, we've got you know uh, components of, of of anything from Mercedes Benz to Google here. So there's ample opportunities for folks to get involved across a number of industries and a number of businesses of any size. Let's say someone's already got a job here or a career here, but they're looking to either um, take their next step on that career trajectory, or maybe they're making, looking to kind of sidestep and, and, and explore a new career trajectory. And they're thinking, you know what, MBA program, CFC MBA program is right in my backyard. Uh, maybe they're listening to this podcast and they're getting to know you at admissions Seton, and they're thinking this might be something worth checking out. Um, what would you, what would you communicate to that prospective student who maybe maybe even owns her or his own business here, but is looking to gain some more skills to hopefully take that business to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. So the the MBA is honestly one of the most recognized worldwide credentials uh, that, that, that there is. Um, when, when you have the last three letters of an MBA on the end of your name, anyone in the world is is going to know what that means. Um, and for people who are looking to pursue their MBA, it can be for one of a few reasons. Uh, they're looking to advance their career. They want to get to that next uh, position at their company, um, or they're making or thinking to uh, pivot. Uh, I just got off the phone a little while ago with a student. <clears throat> excuse me, who's over at the medical college right now um, and is looking to earn his MBA after uh, earning his MD, uh, looking to start his own practice here in Charleston and, and wants to be well-versed on the business side of things. Um, so for us, we are the least amount of time that you will need to spend away from your current job or from your next job. As a 10-month program, you can come over full-time accelerated, work with us from 8 a.m. to 12 noon, Monday through Thursday, um, and, and earn that credential quicker than you could in the traditional two-year program at, at other universities. Um, because we are full-time, we find that some students who are also working full-time uh, might struggle a bit in identifying uh, the, the appropriate time uh, to, to work on both their coursework and, and uh, homework and, and projects and presentations. Um, but we've also found that many employers in the area will work with their staff uh, to okay. say, okay, well, we will, we will shift your responsibilities to a more afternoon, evening 
time period or as long as you're maintaining your emails, then uh, please continue to uh, go uh, and earn your MBA and go to class. Um, and then also tuition assistance as well. Um, but I, I think that whether it be small businesses or larger businesses in the area, if they want to bring Charleston up, if they want to elevate the business community here in town, then we're going to need to have more of an educated workforce and an MBA credential is the best way to do that. If we want to continue mm -hmm. to bring industry here um, while also maintaining the importance of the, the small business, um, then then we need that sort of uh, the credential to be more prevalent uh, in, in the workforce here. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's really well put. Um, you obviously, I can hear it in your voice and, and in everything you, you say about the program, Seton, you're obviously a big advocate for the Low Country, for Charleston. Hey, I mean, you went to school at the College of Charleston. You're working at the College of Charleston. What is it about Charleston that you love? <laughs> what a great and terrible question. Um, you know, yeah, I'm writing this down. I'll hold this uh, over your head forevermore. So pick the right one. <laughs> <Exactly>. and, uh... <laughs> As I'm sure anyone who knows me that might be listening to this. Um, and I also ask you know, it in a very leading way. I'm just assuming you love everything or some or many things about Charleston. So uh, it could be the case that you love other places more. But I'm I, I just get the sense that you uh, you're enamored on some level with the Low Country. I'm just curious what's kept you what's kept you here engaged professionally and personally. Sure. Um, so like you said, I, I enrolled uh, here at the college uh, as a freshman way back in 2005. Um, and, you know, Charleston was a, a very different place then. Um, I, sure. I still miss the days of going to Kickin' Chicken uh, on King Street and, and seeing a band in the back with that weird pool table and little <laughs> mini bottles behind the bar and going down to Sharky's uh, across from uh, Liberty Street and just reeking of cigarette smoke after uh, leaving. <laughs> uh, it, it had a little bit more grunge to it back then, and I, I kind of missed that. But but I What liked... was the name of the place on on, on East Bay, the G Big Jim's, uh, the mystery? Uh, Big John's. Oh, man. Big John's. Big John's Tavern. Yeah. Big John's Tavern. I was around for like 65 years. I think it made an appearance in one of Pat Conroy's novels as well. I know that Henry's did. Sure did. Um, yeah. Uh, Big John's uh, with uh, their Grand Marnier uh, Christmas tree every year. Right. And, and bands playing uh, there right next to sidled up to pool tables. Um, yeah. You've seen a lot of evolution and a lot of change. That's right. Because you've been here since 2005. You and I kind of were on the same track chronologically, educationally, but I didn't get here until about 20... 12. So I've been here about mm -hmm. you know, 2012, 2013, about eight years. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that, those changes you've seen. You know, I, I I've loved to see um, uh, Charleston grow and, and change. Um, whenever I have fellow alumni and friends ask me how Charleston is, I say, you know, it's, it's different. Uh, it's always changing and never changing at the exact same time. It is still hmm. the perfect little town that you found uh, when you were looking at schools or when you uh, came across it on vacation one time. Um, and as much as the city uh, has, has grown and developed, uh, one thing that has not changed is the people. And I think that that's really where Charleston gets a lot of its charm uh, is from 
just the the good people that work here um, and live here and play here um, and knowing that they always want to give back uh, their priority is always the the city as well and they want to protect it and uh, I'm fairly involved in uh, my neighborhood association and um, I I'm one of those uh, weirdos that enjoy watching the board of architectural review meetings and I, I get so upset about uh, a lot of the development here, um, especially in some of the larger apartment complexes. And I, I think that it doesn't necessarily reflect the, uh, the city um, and, and the people here. And mm-hmm. honestly, I, I just think Charleston deserves better. Uh, we, we have an opportunity, all of us, uh, to, uh, to maintain... Uh, what a what a wonderful place um, Charleston is to to live and work, and uh, I I hope that as people continue to move here, that they see and recognize how special and important this place is, and they want to maintain that as well. Um, we we have a lot of work to do, uh, and I, I hope that we continue to develop, but I think we can do it in a more responsible and managed way. Um, mm-hmm. so for me, what keeps me here, uh, what, uh, what I love about this city, uh, is, is its people and, and, and how, uh, they love, uh, the same place that I do. Hmm. Yeah. Well put. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a pretty sterling endorsement of the city. We, uh, I, I check your inbox. You may be getting some applications as we speak. <laughs> that's I'll, I'll take any more money i can get steve <laughs> uh, where do people and we'll, we'll, we're gonna start wrapping up in a, in a in a minute i do have just a couple more quick questions for you seed and i've really appreciated you sitting down with me where do people now that we're on the topic reach out uh in order to learn more information about cfc's mba program Sure. Uh, our, our website is a great resource uh, for information. Um, that's mba.cfc.edu. Um, we, we have a lot of good information related to prospective students and what you can expect with the program as it relates to curriculum, our faculty. We've even got our uh, syllabi from the past few years posted there so you can really get an, an in-depth look as to uh, what courses um, are both offered and what the content of those courses are and what will be taught and how it will be taught. Um, in addition to that, uh, it, it gives some more details on the uh, the externalities of the program and the other program requirements like our MBA Fridays, uh, which our uh, executive, uh, which includes an executive speaker series and professional development seminars. Um, we also have a one-on-one mentorship program. So former C-suite executives are mentoring our students one-on-one throughout the 10 months. Um, it, it could be anywhere from uh, Bob Siegel, who is the former president of uh, Lacoste North America, uh, to uh, a local franchise owner. Uh, and we try and pair our students uh, with uh, a, a, someone who's been in the industry that they want to go into, uh, someone who, um, uh, who can give them that uh, industry insight and career advice 
that we hope will be helpful to them on, on their journey uh, to finding that successful career. Um, and it also talks about our international program. I, I, I think that Charleston continues to become uh, uh, such an international destination, not just in hospitality, but for these uh, multinational organizations that have offices here. Um, we, we identify an international destination each year uh, where students will work on a consulting project uh, throughout the spring term with one of our international partners. Um, and then at the end of the semester, we get to go to that destination for a week. The different learning teams will pitch their ideas uh, to the different companies. And we make a little competition out of it too. So the, the company will identify which of the um, presentations and deliverables that they'll be implementing, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, of course, with COVID, we haven't been able to uh, go on our trip uh, for the past two years, uh, last spring and, and this spring, but uh, we are looking forward. I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to uh, visiting Tel Aviv, Israel uh, in April of 2022. Oh man, yeah, that would that, that sounds awesome. Um, and, and you don't have to answer this, but uh, if you're willing to give out your personal contact info, how can folks get in touch with you directly if they're not Spot when they're not spotting you at a board of architectural review meeting or uh, <laughs> standing outside the old location of kicking chicken just mourning its uh, passing. I mean, sadly, I, I do mourn that uh, passing of the downtown kicking chicken every time I walk by it. But I'm looking forward to their new space up uh, next to Revelry. I think that that's going to be a great location for them. But yes, uh, anyone can reach out, and I'm fairly accessible. Uh, my uh, email address uh, and phone number can all be found on our website. Um, but uh, my direct line here at the office is 843-953-8112. And uh, the easiest email uh, would just be mba at cfc.edu. Um, and, and I'm always accessible, uh, excuse me, accessible, uh, always here in the office. Appreciate that uh, sharing that out, Seaton, and we won't make you share out your TikTok uh, tag. But uh, <laughs> I, but I wish I was that. cool enough to have a TikTok. Yeah, Come on. well, you can tell That's... I'm not on TikTok because I just called it a tag instead of. I'm sure it's some. Uh, it's probably a handle. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, is it we'll, a handle? We'll go, I don't even know. I'm not sure. Let's meet at the old kick and chicken location and just uh, we'll bring a couple airplane bottles. Just kidding. That's illegal. We would never <laughs> think of doing such a thing. And we'll just create a yeah, we'll create a couple TikTok handles for each other. Seaton. Seaton Brown, it's been a pleasure. I've got one last question for you before we part and then I'll, I'll open it up to you if you've sure. got any parting thoughts. Um, but I would love to know, you know, you're you're here in Charleston. You're working here. You've been here for many years now. You've seen it change. You've You've seen establishments of yours, restaurants, bars. We've talked about a few come and go. I presume there are other local independent businesses that you patronize on any given day. I'm curious, what are you know when you've got folk, when you've got people in town, folks in town, family, friends passing through, uh, or you're just out for the day on a day off. What are some of the businesses that you are recommending to folks that are here that are that are local to Charleston? Man, Steve, that, that's a tough question because as, as a hospitality uh, major, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, the food and bev scene. So uh, sure. when prospective families uh, reach out and ask, you know, where where would we go? Well, the, the next question for me is, well, what do you have a hankering for? You know, what, what do you want to right. experience while you're in the city? Um, 
I, I'm a big fan of uh, 167 Raw uh, down on King Street and, and their former location over on East Bay. I'm, I'm looking forward to them opening that up as well. Um, I, I love uh, Indaco, um, it, you know, a great sit down with daily pastas that are freshly made and, and flatbread pizzas. That was always my go-to before the Cooper River Bridge run to get uh, a carbo load. Um, and two, I, you know, sadly, uh, one of my favorite places has since closed, um, but a fun story. I had a family uh, uh, say that they wanted to get some, some true low country food. And, and to me, that's any sort of uh, soul food, Gullah Geechee. Yeah, that's, that's what I think of when I think of the low country. Um, yep. I said, as long as you don't mind going off the beaten path, uh, I'm going to tell you about this little place called Martha Lou's. And uh, they happened to go there. They came back that afternoon, told me how amazing it was, and uh, <laughs> shared that when they turned around after having ordered uh, to sit down, they sat down right next to John Legend. So you really have no idea who you're going to run into when you're in the city, you know? I can't uh, imagine them having a better experience at a different perspective uh, school, city, or town. That's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, Martha Lou is a great... Um, a, a great spot and it's amazing that that they that they saw a celebrity there yeah you never know who you'll find in charleston in general i mean whether it's bill murray who's kind of like become a local mainstay celebrity or someone who's just passing through it's um it's exciting to be at such a crossroads um i'd say both in time and, and place here in charleston um there's a lot of as, as you've mentioned uh, opportunity and with with things like development and growth come great responsibility. And I really appreciate that someone who's at the helm of, uh, of equipping and empowering and, uh, guiding our business community. You are, you know, you're, you're leading the way on a lot of those, uh, on a lot of that. And so I appreciate that. And, uh, I appreciate you being on the show as well. And I hope, uh, I hope we've touched upon everything you've wanted to chat about. Is there anything Seton that you, that we've missed and maybe as a parting thought you'd like to share with us before we part ways? Well, at first, I mean, I, I appreciate the kind words. I, I have a very small role in uh, in the business community here, but I'm I'm, I'm glad that I, I do have a role, uh, regardless of uh, how big or small it is. Uh, you know, like like we talked about earlier, I, I really do love this place, and I want to see it succeed in in any way possible, and and to help people in uh, in succeeding. Uh, and whether that be in earning their credential or, or getting um, a job here locally or uh, just, you know, ensuring that they have uh, a positive experience when when they're visiting the city. Um, I, I do want to say just thank you, not only uh, to Low Country Local First, but uh, to all the small businesses out there. I mean, they small businesses are the foundation of any community. And uh, I, I hope that uh, the city, uh, especially as we are moving out of this pandemic, uh, realizes who stayed open and, and who supported uh, them uh, and supported the, the city uh, over the past 12 months. Uh, and that was small business. Uh, and, and locals mm -hmm. should always be supporting uh, small business as well because they they live here. They're, they're our community. They're locals. They're the friends that you'll go and you know, grab a drink at Rec Room with or mm -hmm. um, or go uh, shopping at Krogan's or um, getting to 
you know, even the the bike taxis, you know, they, yep. and God knows how many of them are current college of Charleston students and they're just trying to pay tuition. So sure. please help them out as well. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, low country, local first has done an incredible job of, of supporting, uh, small businesses here. So I, you know, from, from my perspective, Steve, I, I want to thank you for uh, what uh, you all do over there. It's very much appreciated uh, by so many. Well, thanks so much, Seton. Yeah, I, th- I appreciate that, and the feelings certainly more than just mutual. I mean, I, I will, I will uh, tell all of our listeners if I haven't mentioned it already, but um, Seton and the MBA program have been huge, huge supporters this year of our Good Business Summit, which is Low Country Local First's annual regional business conference, where we bring together some of the best and brightest in business to talk about how to kind of more meaningfully and intentionally pair profit with purpose. And so just the fact that y'all are on board with an event like that speaks volumes. And uh, we, we just really appreciate the support. Of course. We're, we're here for you all. We're here for Charleston and we ain't going anywhere. Awesome. Well, on that note, I mean, I think we've touched on it all. I really appreciate you being on the show, Seed. And as I mentioned, it's not every day that we get to share the story of someone who's a little bit more behind the scenes in our business community. And it's always fun for me as someone who also works in that capacity to connect with someone else who's doing that job. So it was a real pleasure. Um, Look forward to keeping in touch with you. And I just want to thank you and the program for being here for so many years. And here's to many, many more years of of both uh, being a, a fixture in Charleston and being a supporter of our local independent business community. Thank you, Steve. Cheers. All right, take care. Well, folks, there you have it. Podcast number three on the books. Thank you to all of our many supporters for making this podcast happen. As a nonprofit, we rely on grants, donations, memberships, sponsorship, and more to fuel programs like this podcast. Check out our website at lowcountrylocalfirst.org to find out how you can join the buy local and eat local movements here in the low country of South Carolina. Be sure to tune in next time for another interview with another local independent business change maker. And last but not least, thank you to the Shingles for writing and recording the Small Talks Big Ideas with Steve theme song.